Welcome to the Crossview Church Message of the Week. We hope you enjoy the message this morning. For more information, visit us at mycrossview.com. Well, good morning, everyone. It's good to see you. Yeah, head shakes. I know. I know I'm crazy. Well, uh, I just want to say welcome to our, our second uh, week on the book of Galatians. I love this book, and uh, it's really fun to dive into this. And uh, Pastor Holly read our passage today, and I'm thankful for that. But if you thought last week started with a bang, uh, this week is not much different. Uh, if you were here last week, we kind of talked about how uh, it starts like an action movie. It doesn't just, Paul doesn't just ease us into this. He starts right away. He's a little bit upset, and he lets everybody know right away. Well, as we look at chapter 2, at least part of chapter 2 today, uh, we get something that's very, very similar. In fact, we get this, con- this confrontation between Peter and Paul. And uh, it's like watching an argument that's happening right in front of you. It almost feels a bit uh, awkward or uncomfortable to read it. <laughs> you know, just if you imagine the people who were there uh, watching this, uh, it would have been a little bit uncomfortable. But while, even if it's a little bit uncomfortable uh, to read this confrontation between these two, it's really important. Because what we learn is that it highlights one of the major themes uh, for Paul, one of the major things that he's concerned about, which is the freedom that we experience in Jesus. And it emphasizes another thing that he uh, will emphasize over and over in the book of Galatians, that we can be confident in Jesus. And so this passage, it's challenging for us because what we're going to do is we're going to kind of look and examine how do we live out our faith on a daily basis. Uh, And that can be challenging, especially when we look at like the person of Peter here. But then it also can be encouraging because the the encouraging part is that we see that living confidently in Jesus uh, is possible. But it can be difficult, even for the best of us, right? (laughs) Thank you, Peter, for not getting it right often in Scripture. We can really enter in and relate uh, with him as a person. So we're going to hold in tension today as we go through the role that fear can play in our lives and how that might stymie us and keep us from moving forward in life and in faith. We're going to hold that fear on the other side, we're going to hold in tension the confidence that we can have in Jesus Christ. Because there's one thing that is super clear in the book of Galatians. And that is Paul is confident in who Jesus is and what he's done. So, uh, Pastor Holly just read these. But we're going to read it again uh, just to kind of anchor the beginning of our discussion. Galatians chapter 2. I won't read the whole thing, but just part by part. Starting in verse 11. Uh, But when Peter came to Antioch, I opposed him to his face, for what he did was very wrong. When he first arrived, he ate with the Gentile believers who were not circumcised. But afterwards, when when some friends from James came, Peter wouldn't eat with the Gentiles anymore. He was afraid of the criticism from these people who insisted on the necessity of circumcision. As a result, other Jewish believers followed Peter's hypocrisy. Even Barnabas was led astray by their hypocrisy. When I saw that they were not following the truth of the gospel message, I said to Peter in front of all the others, since you, a Jew by birth, have discarded the Jewish laws and are living like a Gentile, why are you now trying to make these Gentiles follow Jewish traditions? So uh, we'll try to kind of walk through this a little bit, but this is this fascinating conflict. For those who are watching this and hearing this, this probably would have seemed like a knockdown, knock drag out fight between two heavy weights of the early church. Here's the problem for Peter. 
Peter, one of the pillars of the faith, one of the pillars of the early church, a disciple who'd walked with Jesus, was having a moment of internal conflict about what to do in a very culturally difficult situation. Can you relate? <laughs> Can you relate recently? <laughs> I love the way that the scripture like speaks to our, to our world and to our life. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to take us back to Acts chapter 10 for just a moment. And we're going to look at when Peter uh, had this encounter with a Gentile Roman soldier named Cornelius. And this is why Paul's so upset with Peter, is what happened back here in Acts. So if you're online, you're watching, uh, the scripture will be on your screen. And I've got a number of slides, so hang on with me. But uh, I've tried to condense this story to like, it's, it's most basic. It's kind of long in Acts chapter 10. It says this, Peter told them, you know it is against our laws for a Jewish man to enter a Gentile home like this or to associate with you. But God has shown me that I should no longer think of anyone as impure or unclean. So I came without objection as soon as I was sent for. Then Peter replied, I see very clearly that God shows no favoritism. In every nation, he accepts those who fear him and do what is right. This is the message of, the, of good news for the people of Israel, that there is peace with God through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. And he, that is God, ordered us to preach everywhere and to testify that Jesus is the one appointed by God to be the judge of all, the living and the dead. He is the one all the prophets testified about, saying that everyone who believes in him will have their sins forgiven through his name. Even as Peter was saying these things, the Holy Spirit fell upon all who were listening to the message. The Jewish believers who came with Peter were amazed that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on Gentiles too, for they heard them speaking in other tongues and praising God. Then Peter asked, can anyone object to their being baptized now that they have received the Holy Spirit just as we did? So he gave orders for them to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Afterwards, Cornelius asked him to stay with them for several days. Pretty amazing story, right? Pretty incredible. And you can see why maybe Paul's so upset here. So, okay, Peter, what's the deal? Why the reversal? Well, it seems that it has to do with fear at least in this particular situation. So remember that the Jewish way of life and thinking was an ingrained part of their upbringing. It wasn't just an ascent to a type of belief. It was part of their culture. It was who they were. It identified their history. It shaped their daily routines and practices. So Peter's Jewish. So this way of thinking would have been ingrained in who he was. So some of these behaviors, the idea that Jewish people aren't really supposed to hang out with Gentile people, would have been habitual, like behavioral muscle memory that would have been hard to break. That combined with the intimidation of, it says, these friends from James, who were insisting on the necessity of circumcision, makes it a very difficult moment for Peter one in which he gave in to his fear. And the question is, can we relate? <laughs> and when we think about fear in our lives, what are we going to do? So the friends from James are Jewish converts to Christianity. So Jew people who were Jewish and they began to believe in Jesus, right? They're Jewish Christians. They weren't called Christians at this point, but for the sake of our conversation, we're gonna call them Jewish Christians, and they were insist insisting that the new Gentile Christians, those who were not Jewish but believing in Jesus, 
still had to practice some of the old uh, law-based historical markers of someone in the family of God. That's where circumcision comes in. Circumcision was one of the historic markers of the Jewish people, one of the historic markers of we're the people of God. And this is where uh, our discussion from last week is really important. So if you, if you weren't here or you didn't hear it, I would, I would encourage you to go onto the website and listen to it because we, we started listing out all the layers of complications that are facing the church in these days, right? So for example, Christianity is brand new and most people are seeing Christianity as like a sect of Judaism, right? But it's a little bit different. So the questions are swirling and spinning. Are they Jewish? Are they something other than Jewish? And if they are Jewish, uh, or even if they're something else, do they come under this protection agreement that we have with Rome as Jewish people, right? There's lots of complication and those kinds of things. So uh, these friends from James are coming. They're Jewish believers in Jesus, but they're saying even if you're not Jewish, if you want to come into the family of God, you've got to have this historic marker of what it means to be a family, part of the family of God, circumcision. Paul is flat out rejecting the circumcision argument, right? He's saying in Galatians, Paul is making the argument that there's only one true marker, uh, uh, marker of a true believer, and that is a changed heart through faith in Jesus. The old ways no longer matter. That's a changed heart through faith in Jesus. So when these guys show up, Peter gets nervous. They've done things so long a particular way, and these guys are coming and say, we have to still do that, and Peter gets nervous. So he decides not to sit at the same table as the Gentiles. So there's another level of this at play too, which we kind of talked a little bit about last week, which is that uh, one of the reasons that Jewish uh, people had banned hanging out and eating with Gentile people is because uh, if you remember from last week, the Gentile people were considered idolaters, right? They, they worshiped, in general, they worshiped all these other little actually carved idols, gods. The Jewish people historically were the people who worshiped one God, the one God of the Old Testament. And so everybody else was considered uh, Gentile and I- idol worship, if you remember from last week, idol worship was everywhere and it was compulsory. Uh, it was not like our culture where we have choice. Back then, everyone had to do it except for the Jewish people who had an exemption clause from Rome. And so the Jewish people assumed that everyone who was not Jewish was Gentile, had practiced this idol worship, and even offered their food to these idols. And it produced unclean lifestyle. They didn't want to mix with that. It was a serious matter, right? So it's really helpful for us to understand the cultural context and some of what's happening because it, it's part of this argument. So the Jewish practice was not to have anything to do with these Gentiles, especially not eat their food, which they would have assumed was offered to these idols and not the one true God. It was a line in the sand for devout Jewish people and it seems like Peter is kind of walking that line, going back and forth. On the one hand, he's comfortable eating with Gentiles like in Acts, but here in Galatians, he's not. So remember, all of this is pretty new. Uh, the, the early church is developing. They're asking these questions about what do we do now that we believe in who Jesus is, and so they're beginning to work some of this stuff out. And Paul walks this line seemingly because of the fear about what those, are, what those people who've just showed up are going to think about him. 
that Peter is citing, seems like in this circumstance with the circumcision argument, it has devastating effect on those around him. And isn't that true about what we give into, sometimes when we give into fear, that that can have a devastating effect not only in our lives, but on the lives of people around us. Peter has a pretty significant influence, right, in the early church. He's one of the pillars of the early church, one of those who had walked with Jesus. And the text says here that even Barnabas was swayed because of what Peter did. Barnabas had accompanied Paul through his missionary journeys He'd seen the gospel powerfully at work. He'd, he'd seen lives changed. He'd seen this beginning of this new community, this new non-ethnic ethnic community that was founded in faith in Jesus. He and Barnabas and Paul had worked together, prayed together, suffered together. They faced angry crowds together. They got excited at new people coming to faith in Jesus. And it says that even this guy was swayed by what Peter was doing here. N.T. Wright writes this, Peter and Barnabas and the rest were in, fact the, were in fact people of the crucified Messiah, but they were pretending to be people of Torah, as though the crucified Messiah was just an addition to Jewish identity, not its radical transformation. The truth was at stake. Powerful stuff. We kind of see what's happening here. So let me pause here and ask you this question. If you had to be honest, what role does fear play in your life? And I'm speaking specifically and thinking specifically about what role does fear play in your life when it comes to your spiritual life? What role does, if, if, does fear come into play when, when you're trying to faithfully and consistently living out the way of Jesus? This is a powerful question, and this is the challenging part of the passage that we're looking at, because it's hard even for the best of us. Peter is struggling with this. But sometimes fear can keep us from stepping into all that God wants for us or has for us. Sometimes fear can keep us from stepping into the call that God has for our life. And it's, I'm not going to, I mean, we all know it's really tough to fully be obedient to what God calls us, especially when God calls us to do something very difficult. I'll give you an example. When I was in high school, this is kind of a funny story, kind of a funny example, but when I was in high school, I was in band, I played the alto saxophone, and I had a, a good friend, her name was Jennifer, who uh, played tenor saxophone, and she always sat on the opposite side of the room because that's how the band, the band teacher had spaced out our room. And Jennifer and I had had this ongoing relationship and she knew that I was a, a follower of Jesus and we'd been talking off and on. And in this moment, that one morning, I felt like the Holy Spirit was saying, hey, Kyle, I want you to talk to her and I want you to talk to her about me. And I'm like, okay, no, <laughs> not gonna happen. And I said, no, and then I got that sense again, okay, Kyle, I want you to talk to her. And I said, okay, God, if you want me to talk to her, I mean, we've all done this, right? You probably know it's about to come. I need you to make her to stand up, walk right over here, and sit in this empty chair right next to me. And I'm like, <laughs> take that, God, right? <laughs> and you know what she did? She stood up, she walked over, and she sat right in the chair next to me. And I'm like, no way! <laughs> so uh, then I, I, in that moment, I just was like, okay, I'm going to be obedient. And so I had a conversation with her about Jesus. In the context of our relationship, as authentically as I could, we talked about Jesus. And she didn't give her heart to Jesus in that moment, in the middle of warm-ups in band class. But we had an ongoing relationship, even after that, where we could talk more and more about what it meant to be a follower of Jesus. 
Sometimes when we don't give in to fear, but when we respond in obedience to God, something more than ever than I could ever hope or imagine can happen, right? Because at that point, it's not me that's doing it, it's God. And, but the hardest thing for us sometimes is to, to, to not give in to that fear that we might, experiencing, might be experiencing. But there have been plenty of times in my life as well where fear has gotten the best of me and I've not been obedient to faithfully live out God's calling on my life or his way. We've all been there. It's hard. We know that. And we're seeing it right here with one of the pillars of our faith, Peter. The problem comes when because of our fear, we make it hard for people to come to Jesus. (laughs) Amen? And that's what Peter is doing here, and that's what Paul is calling out. I know it's not easy, right? But in our remade state, because we're brand new in Jesus, in our remade state, the thing that's amazing to realize is that fear no longer has a hold on us, amen? Which means that we can be fully confident in Jesus, in who he is, and what he's got for us. You see, Paul believed there was only one line in the sand that mattered, and it consisted of Jesus himself, the crucified and risen Messiah and Savior of all. We are Messiah people. And Paul believed that Jesus had dealt with sin, dealt with all the stuff that separated us from God, right? He, he dealt with that, Jesus did, and he redefined righteousness or what it means to be made right or to have a relationship with God. Jesus redefined that for everybody, for all time. We're in fact going to look at that next week. I'm really excited. We're going to kind of zero down on what does it mean to be made right with God and how do we have a relationship with God? I'm excited about that. But Paul believed that a new day had come, that any attempt to draw the lines in the old place by keeping separate tables for Jewish believers and Gentile believers meant turning back the clock to what Paul had been calling this present evil age. (laughs) Instead, he was encouraging us to live boldly into the new reality that was started by Jesus Christ and the gift that we get in the Spirit. I don't, this is something to get excited about, right? It's, it's exci- something to get excited about, but it's also hard because uh, it, it can be difficult. We, we understand that the ability to stand up to the fear in our lives is a work in progress type of activity, right? Can I get an amen? I mean, anyone like, yep, I get that. <laughs> Thank you, Lizzie. Uh, often, breakthrough in our lives when it comes to fear we gain, it comes when we actually gain some experience, even as painful as that might be. That is, I've faced this fear, and I've come through it thanks to Jesus. Sometimes there's no way to go around it, but we have to go through that. We have to face that. But we know this is where it's so important we recognize who Jesus is and what he's done for us. He's with us. One commentator I read this week wrote this. Let's be honest. Sometimes we're scared of certain people because they are, in fact, scary. (laughs) Sometimes we're afraid of people simply because they are mean-spirited and we dread social social backlash. It takes a strong stomach to come against intimidating personalities, especially those strong-arming in the name of righteousness. Faithfulness to Jesus requires both a sturdy spine and a tender heart. I love that line. 
So those of the circumcision party, these friends of James, were Torah observant, Torah believing Jewish Christians. But as surely as their Jewishness uh, shaped the way they lived and worked and rested and thought and ate, their newfound freedom in Christ was meant to do the same thing. And it is for us as well. Do you remember the refrain that we kept saying over and over last week? That one of the truths of the book of Galatians is that we are rescued from the things that enslave us by a God of unimaginable grace and unconditional love. Part of this rescue is that we are rescued from fear and we're rescued from the inconsistency of an ever-changing identity. We are Messiah people. Amen? And the, because we're made new in Jesus, Messiah people, he, is, he has done something with the fear in our life. This is where Paul, in his confronting of Peter, reinforces who we are and the confidence that we can have in Jesus. Here's what he says in verse 15. You and I are Jews by birth, not sinners like the Gentile. That's again, that's a cultural statement. Remember earlier the, the uh, idol, general idol worshipers and, and those who are not. That's what this is here. You and I are, are Jews by birth, not sinners like the Gentiles. We know that a person is made right with God by faith in Jesus, not by obeying the law. And we have believed in Jesus Christ so that we might be made right with God because of our faith in Christ, not because we have obeyed the law. For no one will ever be made right with God by obeying the law. Rather, I am a sinner if I rebuild the old, a sinner, I'm separated from God, right? Uh, if I rebuild the old system of law that I already tore down. For when I tried to keep the law, it condemned me. So I died to the law. I stopped trying to meet all those requirements so that I might live for God. In some other translations there, it says might live to God. That's a fascinating thing. Live uh, because we desire God. We live for him. My old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not treat the grace of God as meaningless. <laughs> wow. Incredible. So, Paul is saying to Peter and he's saying to us, make sure you hear this. It defines who we are. That God raised Jesus from the dead and everything has changed because of it. Even the role of the law. Jesus broke down the barriers that kept you and I from knowing him and experiencing him and living into the freedom that we were designed for. Please, Peter, Please, all of us here, don't rebuild those barriers. <laughs> That's what he's saying. You know, when we first follow Jesus, many of us turn from certain things and rightly leave them behind as we're made new and he gives us new purpose in life. But over time, I think maybe we've all experienced this to some degree, we can subtly begin to revisit and rebuild that which we've left behind. Fear has that effect on us. It can quickly send us back to what is comfortable and what is known, even if what is comfortable and what is known is unhealthy for us, right? <laughs> when Peter is drawing away from eating with the Gentiles, he went back to a former way of life that he knew so well, that was comfortable for him, and that, was e that easily distinguished him from those Gentile people, right? And at times, I'm guessing... Peter's old way of life probably was a lot less confusing to him than this new one that he's living in Jesus. <laughs> Maybe that's true for all of us as we, we experience the freedom of God in our faith. 
We have to grow. We have to learn. We, we make mistakes along the way. But Paul looks at Peter and says, hey, Peter, Christ has set you free. Christ has set all of us free. Jew, Gentile, it doesn't matter. The only thing that matters is the love that Jesus showed all of us on the cross. In the next chapter of Galatians, in chapter three, it says this. You, for you are all children of God through faith in Jesus Christ and all have been united with Christ in baptism. Uh, all who have been united with Christ in baptism have put on Christ, like putting on new clothes. There is no longer Jew or Gentile, slave or free, male or female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And now that you belong to Christ, you are all true children of Abraham. Remember the conversation about who is part of the family of God? Who is the traditional part of the family of God? That's all defined for them in Abraham. And Paul is saying that identity as part of the family of God is yours through Jesus. Wow, not only that, it gets better. You are his heirs, full heirs. And God's promise to Abraham, that old traditional promise about you are the people of God, now belongs to you. Incredible stuff. This is us here, this is us. Worship team, would you come on back up? We... Uh, can all be confident in Jesus because if we believe in him, it is no longer us who lives, but Christ who lives in us and through us. For every believer, you have died to sin. It is no longer keeps you from God. You now stand on resurrection ground. You are not under the law. You can freely come to God. You're part of the family of God and the cross and the resurrection now characterize your life. Don't be afraid and don't rebuild the old way of living. Amen? (laughs) One of the great things we don't have at the end of this, we don't have Peter's reply uh, to Paul, but one of the things that we do know is that after this, both Paul and Peter go on to minister in powerful ways. Peter and Paul preach the good news of salvation for all people, whether Jew or Gentile. What happens at the end of this is that the message of Jesus wins the day. And isn't that an important thing? And we can learn so much from it. So I just want to encourage us to be asking that question. Here's the spiritual uh, formation thing for us to do this week. Let's pray and ask God, where does fear still reign in my heart and in my mind? (laughs) Where do I need to experience the confidence that we have in Jesus? So I just want to encourage you as you go today and these next couple of days into the rest of the week, just make that a matter of prayer uh, as we just continue to try to do our best to grow closer to Jesus and learn. Connect with others. We've been talking about the best way to connect with others and connect with reaching out. There are people who are experiencing lots of fear in this world and we can be the hands and feet of Jesus to say, you know what? We know someone who can deal with that. It's in and through the person of Jesus. Let's pray and then we'll sing this last song together.